Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! And sci-fi book picks Say what pisses you off Tell us a joke about dicks In the mix you got the desk Not telling you where it's at Stephen Gord, oh my lord Bowing down to bone bat Podcasting your asses In nerdy masterful classes Speak the speak of the geek To all the internet masses Take your glasses off a set I'm dropping bombs on your dome In your home Pull your bootstraps up It's time to burn chrome Dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes Chewing on them curvy loads Of that quirky counterculture Wrapped up in their wordy show B-movie holy men Wombat metalhead Politics, amen Independent artist friend, renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum. Nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit. Quick wit, free hits of the populace. Vulcan with some Romulus, rolling prime like Optimus. Very best not to scream.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 221 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? I stepped in a fig. What? I've stepped in a fig. There's fig on my shoe. Listen, if you've got extra fig around, you need to give Julie a call because she loves the things and can't get enough of them. And it's fig season, or it's the end of fig season. Fig's going to get scarce soon. I don't know. So scrape it off your foot and send it on up. I will mail the entire shoe. <laughs> it looks like, it looks horrifying. Figs are gross, first of all. Yeah, it's a disgusting thing. I don't know how I married someone who finds them delightful, but I did. Yeah, well, she finds you delightful, so go figure. Ah, there you go. But yeah, yeah even, all the way back to the Fig Newton, worst cookie ever. Like, the, the one thing I would wa- want to have less. Oh, would you like the oatmeal raisin cookie, Steve? Or would you like a Fig Newton? I'll take the oatmeal raisin. I always get tricked into eating the Fig Newtons because I, I have this memory of like, ah, oh, they're not too bad. And then you bite into one and they've got that <laughs> sand inside of them. It's, it's what oh. I imagine biting into one of those big beetles is like. <laughs> and the seeds and the little crackling like bits of beetle are squished in your mouth. I think that's what a fig Newton is like. That's what oh, I always those... picture like an Egyptian scarab that like I'm gnawing on. Beetle? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, are you biting the back half of this beetle? Yes, like of just biting through the abdomen? Okay, well, no, you might be like right through the thorax. I don't know how yeah. you're biting a scarab beetle. Yeah. I mean, I've known you for years, and yet that's one thing I. I guess we've never really talked about, you know, scary. Oh, no, I'm not going to eat that. And I'm not going to eat any more Fig Newtons either if I have anything to say about it. If it's like you came to my house on Halloween and I said, oh, Steve, all the other trick-or-treaters have come before you, but I have two things left. I've got this Fig Newton and this Scarab Beetle. Which would you take a bite out of? Okay, I'll, I'll take the Fig Newton over the Scarab Beetle, but it's... You know, but what if I told you the scarab beetle is actually delicious? <laughs> you might, you might say that. I might. And what if you knew I wasn't lying? <laughs> well, then you take the scarab beetle. You know, and I'm not, I'm mind. not completely uh, against tasting an insect or two. I believe uh, no. we tasted a couple of insects down in Mexico City. Yeah, back no. in September. So uh, I'm not completely averse to the idea. Just no, you've fig, had baloney. Fig Newtons up. are fucking terrible. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's a bad and cookie. Fig, fig shootins. <laughs> not so great either. Yeah. I can't Tough imagine. to get off your shoe. Wow. Are it's, we still talking about this? Yeah, we are. I think we've got hey, a let's show. Do a, let's do an episode. Let's of do our an episode. Show. Not only an episode, our annual Halloween episode. So, bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, musical guest this episode. We've got Slasher Dave from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, as you may remember, Slasher Dave is the vocal and keyboard aficionado in Acid Witch, who we featured last November. And uh, he also does solo kind of musical score, ambient Halloween tunes, that type of thing. And uh, we're going to be featuring some of his music off of his brand new album, Age Old Traditions, uh, which we open the show with the title cut from as we continue into the show. Uh, Additionally, this is our annual beer and candy episode or beverage and candy episode it, beer and candy sounds better where Regular we, listens to the show they know that i'm a wuss and i don't drink our continuing journey to find the worst candy and weirdest drinks that we can find and and we're i don't know about you but i think i've got some winners yeah i think this, this year is going to be a good uh example of the form so uh, my first drink tonight is going to be grains of wrath's 
Dystopia Pale Ale. It has a rotting skull on the uh, front of it, and it says that it is a bright, balanced West Coast IPA featuring Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic hops, hop flavors, and aromatics of tropical fruit, pine, and berries. Grapes of Wrath? Grains of Wrath. Grains of Ass. Okay. What are you drinking? Uh, There's one word on this can that is, uh, I can read. And that word is, Cho yeah! Literally everything else on this can (laughs) is, uh, I'm guessing Japanese. Right on. And then someone has stuck a sticker on the back of the can. I don't know if it really qualifies as the can. So I, I, anyway, there's a sticker and it just says, Choya Yawani Yuza Sparkling. (laughs) And Yuza is a thorny Japanese citrus famous for its highly aromatic zest and refreshing flavor. Yuza or Yuzu? Oh, Yuzu. It's hard to read this. Yeah, it's a Japanese lemon. We actually have. Yuzu liqueur in the bar. All right. Well, I'm getting. This might be delicious. Oh shit. Okay. How's yours? It's very tasty. Should we do this like I'm a following ASMR it up with, uh, Toxic waste bound sour smog balls. <laughs> Crunchy candy with a sour chewy center. Oh fuck that sour. Holy shit. Oh my god. This is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yuzu. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with yuzu. Mm-mm. It's kind of probably like a sparkling lemonade type of thing. Yeah, it's like a sparkling lemonade, but it's got a another flavor to it as well. It's not just straight up lemon. And if, uh, if I could read anything else on the can, I'd tell you what it is. But it says uh, there is one thing this can has zero zero percent of. I, I don't know the zero zero percent. I can read that and uh, something probably something like exclamation gluten. point Glu- uh, salt. It's probably gluten free, salt free. Mm-hmm. It might not have any ham in it at all. There's very little ham. I don't get much of a ham taste to Choya. All right. So sour smog balls are really sour. It's like a like a little gobstopper with a chewy center. All right. Well, since you're doing that. Um... Oh, God damn that sour. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, it's making me sweat. On the top of my head. From the top of your head. Yeah. Well, since you're doing that, I have Sour Blast Buddies, three <laughs> grams of sugar. It says, kick sugar, keep candy. This wow. is a plant-based. Yours has three grams of sugar? Yeah. This one. Mine has yeah, I 13 think... grams of sugar. My, <laughs> my, my sugar content kicks yours in the dick. Yeah, well, the, I think the whole thing behind these pieces of candy is that they're supposed to be sugar- Low, low sugar, not sugar to list, but oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a really, really shitty gummy bear. Okay, I got to read this story to you. All right, the fiendish plot of Doctor Smog. Doctor Igor Smog is a wealthy industrialist who made his fortune in heavy manufacturing, but his methods are wasteful and produce lots of toxic byproducts, which he disposes of in environmentally irresponsible ways. His latest scheme is to pump massive amounts of toxic smog into the atmosphere from the smoke sacks of his factory. Once airborne, the pollution will condense into particles of solid waste and rain down upon the unsuspecting countryside. Fortunately, Professor Sour Noggin is on the case. (laughs) 
Sour Noggin has dedicated his life to finding ways to transform toxic waste into good and useful products. One blast from his rooftop smogomatic ray gun, and the cloud will rain down delicious sour candy balls, an outcome Dr. Smog is less than pleased about. There's a whole backstory behind these smog balls. So the balls, doctor man. does not like you tasting his balls. I guess not, that's the case. That's yeah. what I'm getting out of this. But Sour Noggin is all about it. So. Mm, yeah, he's all about you tasting smog's balls. Wow. So anyway, huh. that's the backstory to the candy. That's the most backstory I think any candy I've eaten any candy. ever has had. I mean, there's Impressive. some erotic fan fiction uh, for the, the M&M's candies, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't read more than an Is hour. Is there some a day slash fic so. though about Doctor Smog and Professor Sour Noggin? There will be. There will be after the show, sir. If the van is a roggin, don't call Doctor <laughs> Sour Noggin. I don't know how that goes. Um, ah. So what else? Oh, Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, April thirteenth, twenty twenty four. Uh, we are about a month away from starting the Kickstarter campaign. We're uh, gonna get on that right after we're done with this episode so uh, stay tuned for information about that Uh, you will be able to get awesome cool swag tickets for the event and all that good stuff during the month of november yeah if there is one kickstarter to support in your life (laughs) this this will be it before that though gord and more music uh what pisses you off man oh steve steve let me tell you I haven't really bitched about this on the show, which is odd if you think about it, because I bitch about everything. But I hurt my thumb. And I hurt my thumb to the point, it's my thumb on my dominant hand, my right thumb, which you use for stuff. And it's just not getting better. I've done the physical therapy thing. I got a cortisone shot in it like six months ago. And it's just really starting to flare up again. So I got another cortisone shot where they basically take a needle full of cortisone. They stick it through the back of your thumb, kind of push it through that thumb joint that really hurts and then just fill it up with cortisone. And that usually makes it feel better. So we're two two out of two for the cortisone shot working. I took my injured, now suddenly, finally feeling better thumb to a football game (laughs) and watched... The UC Davis Aggie football team attempt to play. And it's one point in the game, they were doing really, really well. And so I started to clap. Yeah. And it went, oh, my God. It just (laughs) felt like a firecracker exploded inside my thumb. And I went, oh, that was terrible. It just really took the joy out of watching that particular play. A few plays later, another exciting. I stand up, I start clapping. Yeah, it happens again. I'm like, oh my God, I have got to not do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, this, you should cease I've, that activity. This is dumb as shit, right? I'm embarrassed at how much it hurts and how I'm doing this to myself. So what I did is I took my hand and I put it behind my back. I kind of hooked my pinky finger into <laughs> my belt loop back there so if something suddenly were to happen i could stand up and not worry about or at least i have a, a moment's warning of like hey don't slam your hands together again dumb fuck sure enough something exciting happens i jump up and i pump my fist on my left hand just start pumping it forward like yeah and i punched the back of the head of the little girl in front of me oh jeez just like punched her in the back of the head was she okay 
yeah, because I'm a pussy and it was my non-dominant hand. But like she, she, she just got rocked and she turns around and she looks at me with this bewildered, like angry, hurt expression. And in that moment, like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I just punched the back of your head and her parents turn around and thank Jesus, the parents are people I know and I'm like I just I'm so sorry it was terrible I still still feel terrible about punching this kid in the head accidentally that Steve that pisses me off I should not be out in public that's terrible yeah but at least you know that you can beat up a child with one hand tied behind one hand yeah and she was doing you know if she was maybe not just sitting down looking at her phone trying to be somewhere else and ignoring all her stupid parents and everything you know maybe that wouldn't happen i would just punch her in the kidneys that would have been great if she'd gone just honey badger on you and just started (laughs) just start whooping my ass yeah oh that would have been hilarious i would have paid good money to see that because I wouldn't be able to fight back. You don't hit a kid. I no, mean, of course not. Not on purpose. You'd have to take your beating. Yes. Yeah, I just have to like. And she'd be in the right because, you know, you had it yeah. coming. She did not hit first. She's just trying to look at her phone yeah. with her ticky talkies or whatever. Shit. Can't take yeah, me anywhere. Sucks. What about you, Steve? What's pissing you off? You know, uh, I have actually something a little more serious. Uh, what? You know, we're champions of independent music here. We are the on the Bone Bad Show, have been for yes. a long time, and uh, it's kind of pissing me off that the deck is increasingly stacked against independent musical artists. A uh, couple of, of recent things in the news. Uh, exhibit A is Bandcamp as we know it over. Uh, Epic Games, the video game development company behind Fortnite, purchased Bandcamp in 2022, only to sell it last month to a company called Song Trader, which is a music licensing company. And this week, the sound trader chopped Bandcamp staff in half, including two of the five editorial positions which were responsible for Bandcamp Daily, which was an excellent resource for discovering new music. I'd hate to have my staff chopped in half. So that sucks, because how how often have we shouted out, hey, uh, find out about this band that we are featuring on the Bone Bad Show via their Bandcamp page? A lot. It's pretty, very pretty much the key, normal thing. Yeah, for independent artists to be able to sell their goods through Bandcamp. And if Bandcamp becomes a thing that, for whatever reason, isn't making people enough money and it gets shut down, independent musicians are going to use a big venue for income from the loss of that portal. So there's that. Second, Exhibit B, Spotify reportedly plans to pay even less in royalties to less popular artists. This is from Stereogum.com. Spotify, already notorious for insultingly low royalty rates, is reportedly planning to pay even less to artists who don't already get a ton of streams. Billboard reports that giant Swedish streaming service is restructuring its royalty system and that it will demonetize tracks that had previously received 0.5% of Spotify's royalty pool. According to Billboard, Spotify has also been talking to the major labels and to indie labels and distributors about the service plans to change its royalty model early next year. 
The new system will benefit artists and labels that are already more established, and the biggest change is that a track will need to reach a minimum number of annual streams before it starts generating royalties. So, uh, website Music Business Worldwide estimates that a track would have to earn five cents a month in order to be paid, or about 200 streams a year. And a lot of indie tracks don't hit that threshold, so those the pennies that those artists would normally earn will be diverted to Spotify's stream share pool, which may not sound like a lot of money, but at one source told MBW that when multiplied over the many, many low play tracks on the streamer, it accounts for tens of millions of dollars annually. That money would instead get distributed to larger artists who'd get a bigger share of the pooled money. Dude, that's that presumably sucks. Spotify will frame this as a way to combat fraud and limit payments to ambient noise generators, but it could also have a tremendous effect on the service role to independent music world. The labels that supply Spotify with music will have to agree to these changes, but Billboard claims the major labels are all likely to sign on because they'll make more money from the deal. In an earnings call in July, UMG CEO Lucian Grange reportedly announced that a newly expanded agreement with Spotify claiming it will be artist-centric and that it'll benefit real artists with real fan bases. Quote-unquote. Fuck you. Fuck to the you. So, so these, first these of all, what's develop- an ambient noise generator I guess that, that's that like Spotify s- is trying to fight? I think that's like, you know, some white noise that you might sleep to or something like that. Or like bird songs. Like just that that's type of problem? thing. Problem? But that's I, a- yeah, evidently they're paying for that and they don't want to pay for that. But what they're going to do is they're going to chop off like local bands that we listen to that live here in Seattle or in Davis or wherever lots of bands that we feature here on the show are going to lose out i mean these developments can potentially contribute to choking out independent music as they deprive artists from the ability to promote sell and profit from their work and that really pisses me off man so what's the solution if you like a band you put their tracks on repeat on spotify and turn down your speakers no, when you go out for the spotify. day spotify i would say don't use spotify I boycott it. I, I will not spend a dollar on Spotify. I will not suggest anybody goes to Spotify. So you, how do you, you I know monetize? You're a fan. I'm going to keep supporting well, for free. bands through Bandcamp until another solution comes along. If Bandcamp ends up folding and it's no longer viable, then presumably something will spring up in its wake to give independent artists a forum. And then, you know, we'll start supporting that. But Spotify can get fucked. I mean, they've already been not paying artists very much, and now they're trying to pay even less. And who gets paid? Like UMG? The big record labels? Fuck that. That sucks. Yeah. So how... Okay, so you buy music. I buy music. We both buy physical media or digital media from the artist directly. Yeah. If you want to stream an artist, how do you do it? I bought the new Clutch record. I'm out. And about, I'm like, I want to listen to the new Clutch record. I got my device in my pocket, my headphones. I pointed at what? I don't know. All right. I, I don't have the answer for you. Spotify, is, you. Spotify has made it, you know, super easy for everybody to listen to everything all the time and pay one low monthly fee. It's interesting. I had already, you know, decided that I was going to talk about this and... Tyler Mahan Co., who we've talked about before on the show, he's the guy who does uh, Cocaine and Rhinestones. He posted yeah. tonight on X, you'll have a much easier time understanding how and why the music industry can get away with functioning this way when you internalize the fact that 9 out of 10 people take music for granted as a basic commodity. 
So there you have it. A lot of people aren't like you and I when it comes to seeking out music and actually, you know, I still own a ton of physical media. I still download everything to a computer and a device and put it on iPod or put it into iTunes so I can listen to it wherever I want to go. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people like to stream and don't want to have any physical anything. And how does that benefit independent musicians? I mean, right now, Bandcamp, maybe SoundCloud uh, for the independent artists that are still on SoundCloud. It's kind of a hinky platform, but yeah, uh, you know, I guess that's an option. But yeah, I, is there a one-stop shopping place? No. I And YouTube maybe, but that's not any better. No, YouTube YouTube's pays artists. All- yeah, YouTube's also crap. victimizing independent artists. So I don't know if there's a solution, but the entire situation, making it harder for independent musicians to be able to earn out on their hard work pisses me off. Word. Yeah, this dystopia India Pale Ale is uh, good stuff from Grains of Wrath. I don't know that I taste all of the tasting notes, but it is uh, a very delicious beer, sir. Well, the wrath is probably at the bottom. You just got to keep drinking. Yeah, I'm going to pass this one off to the ladies, and uh, we'll move on to the next beer for the next round. Um, I did did want to take a second um, to give a shout-out to someone. You may have recall uh, Nightmare at Beaver Lake. Uh, We visited many times over the years, and uh, one of the managers of that haunt passed away last week. Uh, Kelsey Hendricks passed away at the age of 45, and he was a delightful human being, a luminary both in the Seattle haunt industry as well as the horror community as a whole. We talked to him several times on the show, and he was always super welcoming. He let us come out, walk around, gather audio for the podcast, and talk about the haunt. Additionally, both of my kids worked at Nightmare at Beaver Lake over the years and uh, spent time with him. He was super kind to them. And uh, just much love to his family and friends. Uh, It's got to be preposterously hard to not have him around right before Halloween, a time of year that he truly loved. He was the guy who, as DJ Loki, he would put the DJ booth out in the woods. And if you heard music bumping and were walking through the haunt and came to this room, he was always there spinning the tunes for uh, the people to enjoy while walking through the haunt. So... Uh, I'm going to miss Kelsey. He was a great guy and uh, much love to his friends and family. How about a tune, man? How about a tune, Steve? Man, this is the downer episode. right? I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Halloween is supposed to be fun. Right after your rant about how fucking independent artists are all dead. (laughs) (laughs) They're not. And there's no way to fix it. Speaking of which. All right, let's listen to a tune from Slasher Day from his brand new independent release, Age Old Tradition, on Bellyache Records 2023. The song is Fire Rituals. Don't listen to it on this podcast. Go buy it, play it, and then come back.
All right, once again, that was Fire Rituals from Slasher Dave, taken from the brand new release Age Old Tradition on Bellyache Records. And uh, joining us now, the main man himself, Slasher Dave. How's it going, man? It's going good. I'm, I'm uh, trying to enjoy the season, being busy as fuck, but uh, it's been a great season so far. The album's doing good. Everyone seems to be enjoying it, so I'm, I'm happy. Well, I really appreciate you making time for me. I mean, I know that you've been crazy busy. In addition to age-old tradition, you've also, what, scored two films, uh, Adam Girash's Spaghetti and Michael Balif's Witching Season 2, and you even knocked out a new Acid Witch single this week, Prank. So you're really going at it. Yeah, um, I actually have done another movie that I haven't really said that I've scored yet either. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Dude. Yeah. So what's this other movie? Oh, you can't talk about it yet. Um, it's called Grim. It's, um, probably be released in November now because it's a bit, uh, behind schedule, but from the music that I scored in it, uh, it's really, really good. It's kind of lo-fi, but it's super gory, and it's violent as fuck. So um, I think <laughs> right somebody on. will know it's a fan of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, so do you find, is your approach for writing Slasher Dave stuff fundamentally different from how you approach Acid Witch, or do you kind of write melodies and then triage them to the appropriate venue? It depends on the situation. Um, I try to put as much Slasher Dave stuff in Acid Witch as I can uh, get away with, with being heavy metal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just bring that creepy, creepy tone. So that's always in Acid Witch, but... I don't know. For my like slasher Dave stuff, sometimes I'll think of like a scene in my head and I'll score it in my head, and that's how the song comes. But with Acid Witch, sometimes I'll have a you know a couple guitar riffs or an organ part, and then Shagrat will write lyrics, and the lyrics could change the whole song. So oh, really? if I get a different okay. vibe from like his lyrics and they're super fucked up and demented, then I'll usually. Uh, change the song either darker or lighter depending on what the lyrical content is interesting all right well i've had a chance a couple of times to drop into your live streams which have been really fascinating to kind of see the way that you work uh usually when you have a chance to like sort of present stuff that is in progress are you more at that point still working it out in your own head or is that kind of the feedback phase that you've, you've sort of got it dialed, but you just want to know if people dig it or not. Um, yeah. So sometimes if I'm live writing a song, I do ask people for their opinion and sometimes they give me ideas and I use them. (laughs) So I feel like to uh, my fan base, um, that's really cool. If like you toss me an idea and I actually put it in the song and use it. Now, every time that person listens to that song, they're going to think in there. Oh, I remember I was live with like, I gave him that idea and <laughs> people end up really like loving the collaborative stuff that I do live sometimes. One of the things I thought uh, on a recent one, it was interesting because you were talking about that uh, age old tradition had been, you know, downloaded just a ton. 
and you were sort of yeah. talking about uh, an older work of yours, Exorcisms, which you felt was kind of inspired by like Spaghetti Western and Ennio Morricone type of stuff, which I thought was really interesting. And then I went back and sort of visited that work, and I really dug what you had going on there. Cool, yeah, that's my most slept-on album, in my opinion. I think the artwork and everything was just so like minimalist and simple that it went over a lot of people's heads, but I have a singer on it, so there's actual singing mm -hmm. and... The singing was kind of inspired by Rosemary's Baby theme with the la, la, la's. Yeah, sure. Uh, all over that soundtrack. And I just wanted to do a spooky 70s-influenced album. And I, I love Spaghetti Westerns and Morricone so much that I think I, in a way, was excited to just be able to do a project and an album that I could put that influence in there because... Somehow it does fit in that realm of subgenre of horror. Oh yeah, sure. Um, Plus you've got sort of the the whole giallo like field as well, which has like spooky tunes like that that also sort of come from that Italian background. Yeah, and there's a heavy like kind of choiry church sound to the whole thing. I wanted an exorcist vibe in there too, kind of. So I put like. I don't know, some churchy sounding stuff in it. And uh, I just found that to be really kind of creepy because the whole album is kind of so evil. And yet you have these almost beautiful melodies throughout it. <laughs> right. At, about Italian movies. When, when you're watching someone get their fucking eyeballs eaten by tarantulas. <laughs> and there's this beautiful, like, choir music in the background while it's happening it, it just adds a little extra magic to the scene in my opinion <laughs> absolutely so interesting though because you mentioned that you know the beauty of that work versus you've said that uh, age-old traditions are just a little more brutal and a little more edgy and a little more mean streak how did that sort of come about i was in a fucking mood this year <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in a fucking stab people in your ear mood. Like, um, I wanted ear piercing sounds. I wanted everything to kind of sound like a killer was right about to like stab you in the head. Very influenced by the shaped stocks, um, by John Carpenter, like very mm -hmm. simple, almost minimalist. I have some good Halloween melodies throughout the whole thing, but for the most part, it's a really tense, aggressive, um, Poor soundtrack album, yeah. It's, I was just in a really aggressive mood this year. And just seeing all the TikTok bullshit of, like, housewives making pumpkin spice muffins and using the, <laughs> the spooky little fake theremin with the little Harry Potter bells. I was just like, I am not going to fucking do this shit this year. I am going <laughs> to fucking terrorize these bitches at home making pumpkin spice muffins. Fuck them. And, yeah, I don't know. I... I just made a mean album. Nice. Yeah, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. So uh, thank you for that very much. Now, it was great meeting yeah. you here in Seattle uh, with uh, yeah. Venom Inc. back in summer. How was the rest of the tour? It was awesome. I couldn't have asked for better uh, touring mates. Uh, we became friends. Yes, friends with Venom. And we all grew up worshiping them and listening to them. So it was a really magical experience. 
I've always, but since I've been 15, loved Exhumed and just seeing how they do things. And it was good for us being a kind of younger band that doesn't tour a lot to um, see how the fucking pros do it. You know what I mean? And learn a little. Yeah, I just caught Exhumed uh, two weeks ago here in Seattle again with uh, Cavalera Conspiracy playing the old Morbid Vision stuff, and it was fucking great. Every time I see Exhumed, they're so much fun. That's such a blast to watch those guys. And you got to have a duel between Dr. Filthy and the Acid Witch in San Francisco. How cool is that? Yeah, that was was a dream come true. (laughs) That was my birthday. Was Um, it really? Oh, shit. That's awesome. So I not only got Matt Harvey playing uh, Torso for me, that I, I he asked me, is there any song that you want us to play? And I was like, yeah, fucking play Torso. Oh, nice. So he played me and uh, dedicated the song to me, and then that happened with The Witch. And to me, seeing our mascot fight that filthy bastard, uh, <laughs> it was mad. Yeah, that's really amazing, man. Very cool. All right, so uh, what is next for Slasher Dave? Hopefully a shit ton more movie scoring. Um, Yeah, you really enjoy doing that? I really enjoy doing it. It's what I've kind of always wanted to do and push towards. The whole Slasher Dave project was basically me just saying, you know what, fuck it. If I'm not getting jobs and I'm I'm not, like, scoring movies yet, I'm going to just make a shit ton of albums that directors can use for temp music and in the long run, it, I've made a pretty big fan base for a pretty niche subgenre of music. And now I have a pretty decent fan base that people are being inspired by my music and making videos to and making stuff with me in mind of uh, doing the music for it. So my plan of doing a bunch of albums of horror soundtrack music um, kind of worked because now everyone's hearing what I what I'm capable of with all my albums. That's fantastic. So, uh, I love that it's, it's paying like, off. The plan yeah, works. Yeah, it's almost like a portfolio. Like, oh, you want to hear what I can fucking do? Just go to my <laughs> Spotify or YouTube and you can listen to a bunch of different, you know, albums. Right on. Well, of course you've kind of leaned towards the spooky stuff, but are there other styles that you would be interested to work in? Oh, any kind of Western. Um, I would love to do something like that. Uh, spaghetti Western influenced. I would love to do, weirdly, a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> nice. I think I could nail it out of the park. And like crime drama stuff you could do too, I think, well. Oh. Like suspense thriller? Oh, God, yes. And action. I could kill it on an action movie i've always wanted to do an uh, a whole action movie like that's probably up there as like a bucket list thing i think i could kill that too fantastic well you know we work with a lot of filmmakers with the Boneback comedy of horrors film festival so where can filmmakers get in touch with you if they want to uh, employ your services i uh, just go on my instagram if you don't have an Instagram, you can see it from a browser. And I have my email right on my Instagram, uh, slasherdaveart at gmail.com. That's usually the best way. All right, man. Well, thank you again so much for uh, taking a few minutes to talk to me today. And uh, one last question. We always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bass Show, you may recall, what pisses you off, Slasher Dave? Lately, it's 
cross-country mountain bikers. Uh, I like to fucking jump, and I like to fucking fly and go crazy through the woods. And these motherfuckers are so obsessed with Strava and their little pussy times on the trails that you give them a head nod and they just fucking look at you like you're fucking dumb. It's like, you're on a bike flying through the woods. You should be having a little bit of fun, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, fuck XC riders and fuck that neon spandex shit they wear. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next tune? Oh, uh, so this is like, uh, in my opinion, the epic Halloween track of the album uh envisioning in my head old school trick-or-treaters with like paper mache shitty cheap masks that their mothers made um and in cloaked uh rags really cheap and i just pictured when i was making this song little trick-or-treater kids in these creepy little costumes after everybody's asleep at like three in the morning when the fucking pumpkins are starting to dim down, all these little kids creeping into the houses and killing everybody in their houses. So that was the idea behind the song. <laughs> right on. So here it is, folks, from age-old tradition, Children of Samhain. Once again, that was Children of Samhain 
from Age Old Tradition by Slasher Dave. Thanks again to Dave for joining us on the show. Absolute pleasure to speak with him. So uh, round two of Beer and Candy, uh, what's your next beverage, sir? Well, Steve, this beverage was brewed in lovely Yakima, Washington, and it's called Center. It's just spelled C-E-N-T-R, like they could only afford one vowel. It's a black can with this black circle and just a white splooge around the black circle. I don't know what flavor it is. It says sparkling CBD drink, 30 milligrams CBD. Now, if you don't live... I think you pronounced it wrong. I think it's Centaur. It may be Centaur. Centaur. So it tastes like a horse Like a centaur. Now, oh, that's the flavor of it. It tastes like a horse man. It tastes like a centaur. Okay. That's right. Like the front of the centaur or the... Huh. You'll have to tell me after you taste it. I guess I'll taste it and find out. What does the centaur do with his arms when he runs? (laughs) Crosses them. Okay. (laughs) Just... Sternly. Sternly running with all four legs and his arms crossed. Fair enough. All right. I'm going to pop that sucker. Okay. Uh, I am drinking from Evil Twin Brewing. This is called What Even Is Pumpkin Spice? It is a milkshake-style India Pale Ale with pumpkin and spices. Because, you know, it wouldn't be Halloween without some kind of pumpkin bullshit. There's something called milkshake that is also somehow a beer. Yes. All right. This is this this centaur. Yes. It tastes like the underside, the underside <laughs> of the centaur. It's like licking the undercarriage of a centaur. Yeah. Do you get? Not... Does it taste like clear coat? Is it the undercoating? <laughs> yeah. No. It's the the clear coat's the paint on the outside uh, of the centaur. The you're thinking of the salt resistant. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Coating. The undercoating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it tastes quite a bit like a centaur's undercoating. <laughs> nice. Ugh, uh, to go not with good. This, I'm having cookies and scream dark chocolate mini bark. Okay. Scream, I said. Scream. Yeah. And I'm going to have super cola. Oh, cola. Super cola. Oh, Nobel is what the bag says. And it looks like something that maybe Liechtenstein painted. And it's a bag, and inside, oh, is even more packaging. Because you know what we need to do is fill up the world with packaging. We need to fill those landfills. And there's a little white ball, like a ball bearing inside this. Oh, Jesus. It is the sourest thing. It is straight up citric acid. I hope the whole thing is a citric acid. Oh, wow. So this is out souring the last sour thing you had? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I had to bite it. It says, co- okay, there's a hint of cola. It's mostly just sour. Super cola. Wow. That's, oh, and then there's like an aftertaste of, of cola. You know, if you drink a Coke and there's ice in it, and then you come back later on and the ice is all melted and you drink some of that yes. and there's a hint of cola. Yes. Imagine that. After you've licked the underside of a centaur and then just bit a bat of citric acid. Wow, that's, that's what this that tastes is like. That's quite a flavor melange you've got going there. Yeah. The uh, Evil Twin, what is pumpkin spice anyway? This is actually a pretty good. It's lightly pumpkin and spice flavored. 
So it tastes like just beer, and then there's a little aftertaste that isn't unpleasant. And frankly, it's getting its ass kicked by this uh, chocolate bark. Very dark chocolate. I thought there was going to be like a brittle or something in it, but no, it's just a dark, dark chocolate bar with maybe like some uh, cocoa nibs or coffee bean nibs on the top. So it has a little a flavor of that. But uh, yeah, that's that. Hmm. So dude, got any weird stuff this week? Yeah, it's in this can of Centaur. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have a news story from Salt Lake City because we don't do enough news out of Salt Lake City. Okay. Interesting fact about the Great Salt Lake. It is getting smaller and smaller every year as the drought sets in. Eventually, it will dry up, and where it was is just nothing but pollution and arsenic, which will form clouds of dust, just dust devils of poison, which will rage across Utah. So that'll be cool. (laughs) They've got that going for them in Utah. Yeah, you know, Arctic Tornado, it's a thing. Wow. Also, this news story. A man accused of attacking a skateboarder with a machete because he allegedly thought the skateboarder was a fish has been arrested. (laughs) Is this a side effect of too much arsenic? It could be. It could be. We'll have to ask Mr. Ryan Neal Davis, age 23, He was booked into the Salt Lake County Jail Wednesday for investigation of aggravated assault. According to the police, the man, or a man rather, had been skateboarding on the sidewalk on Main Street just before 1 a.m. As the man passed Davis, Davis produced a large machete and swung it at the victim, striking him in the left forearm, causing a half-inch laceration that will require stitches. When questioned about the assault... Davis allegedly stated he was attempting to cause the victim harm because he thought the victim was a fish. (laughs) So, people, if you see a fish skating down the sidewalk at 1 a.m., don't pull out a machete and try to hit the fish with your machete. First of all, probably don't carry a machete around. That's not a good idea. Second, fish rarely are seen on skateboards. Also... That's the thing you should be aware of. And if it is, let's just say this is a fish and this fish okay. is riding a skateboard. I, I can see sh- that. What you should do is go, wow, that is an awesomely talented fish. If he's so powerful that he can ride a skateboard, I probably shouldn't mess with him. Right. Maybe say, yeah, dude, good job riding the skateboard. Well, and, and also, is machete really the proper knife for filleting fish or no, should you have like knows. a nice fish fillet knife yeah fillet I mean, they have a tool for that right I mean, it's not What's this, this yeah you're not chopping sugar cane for god's sake that's right now if you're 1 a.m you're walking down the street you see sugar cane skating down the sidewalk swing a machete that's you know, what it's there for it's always like at 1 or 2 a.m isn't it yeah you never see that three on like, the afternoon on a tuesday yeah, who, fish who on the was sidewalk. it Mr. Was it Mr. Ackman who said, our, our former track coach in high school, nothing good ever happens after midnight? He, he, I'm sure he said that. He also <laughs> said, Jesus Christ, shit, do you know how fucking embarrassing that makes me? He said that. <laughs> swearing wasn't his strong suit. He wasn't really good at swearing, no. <laughs> he got a little tongue-tied when Steve got him mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So do another tune? Another tune, Steve. All right. Why don't we uh, jump over to the brand new single that uh, 
Slasher Dave just released from Acid Witch. This is called Pranks. It's just a prop that you got it from the costume shop. 
The corn is screaming for more victims and the monsters are loose. What's more terrifying is that tickets are going fast for the final weekend at Stalker Farms Haunted Attractions. Buy your tickets online now at www.stalkerfarms.com to reserve your spot and experience the terror, fun, and the brand new Toxic Blaster Shooting Gallery in its final weekend. Once again, tickets available at stalkerfarms.com. Come, 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 come. All right, once again, that was the mighty Acid Witch from Detroit, Michigan, and their brand new single for the 2023 Halloween season, Pranks, which actually name checks the flaming bag of poo, Gord. Gotta love. <laughs> flaming bag of poo, Steve. Gotta love Shagrat and. Slasher Dave, man. Those guys are the freaking best. <laughs> Love it. Ah, so speaking of the best. The best. Oh, is it round three of beer and candy? It is. And this beverage brought to me by Mark. Thank you, Mark, for buying my artwork. And as a result, buy me this beverage. Now, I am a total wuss. I don't drink alcohol. So I'm drinking a St. Ivy non-alcoholic gin and tonic which i'm assuming is just tonic right i guess so oh 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 that tastes nothing like a gin and tonic that that tastes nothing like a gin and tonic at all it should say not non-alcoholic gin and tonic it should say non-gin and tonic gin and tonic it's just tonic or does it taste like tonic it just tastes like i don't even know it tastes like an amoeba and a paramecium uh, squished together times a million and stuck in a bottle. That's what it tastes like. I don't know what that would taste like. I don't know how you settled well, upon that flavor in your... Is Saint- that, was that on your flavor wheel? <laughs> yes. Your wine-tasting flavor wheel? It yeah. was paramecium? Mm-hmm. That's right between charcoal and leather? <laughs> Steve, dude, I <laughs> Last night? What? I swear to God. Last night, speaking of terrible flavors, I went to go do my go-to-bed routine... I go in the bathroom to brush my teeth, etc. I turn on the lights. I have absolutely no excuse for what happened. I grabbed the tube of toothpaste in the drawer to my right, okay. put it on my toothbrush, began to brush my teeth, and I thought to myself as I'm brushing away, wow, this toothpaste sure tastes weird. Oh, Jesus. And then I kept brushing. I kept brushing thinking, why does this toothpaste taste so weird? It, I, I got through like a full set of molars before I went. I should probably stop what I'm doing right now. What was and it? I looked and I grabbed the antifungal athlete's foot, oh, stuff, just like squirting that on my toothbrush. It's the same, like, because I was using like the little tube the dentist gives you for free, and mm. it's the same size as the you know tough actin tenactin or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My teeth with it. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, isn't it like an old? That's an old apocryphal joke, right? Of somebody brushing their teeth with preparation H. Yeah, yeah. I guess it can happen. I guess it can happen. Maybe you should put that shit in a different drawer. Maybe so. That's the only drawer I have. We're about to like tear out the bathroom and redo it. There is a drawer. (laughs) I should put it in the remodel. Add a drawer. Yeah, add a drawer. 
Maybe put a lock on everything that's not toothpaste so it's harder to accidentally squirt onto your toothbrush. Okay, well, uh, in addition to your paramecium and tonic, uh, I am having another beverage from the fine folks at Abomination Brewing Company in North Haven, Connecticut. Uh, you may remember every year, Sam Heimer of H&H Toys does some labels for this fine brewery, and uh, this year is no different. It is a, looks like some sort of a sea creature that is eating some sort of a sundae, and the uh Beer is called Midday Snack. This is the kind of, up front, this is the kind of beer that totally pisses you off that it even exists, by the way. <laughs> Midday Snack, chocolate peanut butter swirl milkshake stout. If you could only see my face right you, now. No, I know. I know what it would be. Oh, Jesus, God. Wow. That, wow. Uh, yeah, it tastes like the things it's supposed to taste like. Okay. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, with that, I'm having limited edition. I haven't had these in years. Spooky mints in pure chocolate. Limited edition junior mints with black and orange centers. So well, I don't know if that means centers. that they're just colored like that or if they're going to be like pumpkin flavored or I bet uh, they're just colored licorice like flavored junior mints. I don't know. I've always liked a junior mint. I've never liked a junior mint. Really? Yeah, they just, they're a little too stale for me. <laughs> and I, I'm going to, oh, go ahead. Go, no, give us a review. They taste like normal junior mints. Okay. I would Everyone not know that they that were even like. popping one in your mouth. I would not know that they were black or orange unless you ate half threw, and looked at it. Which, <laughs> who later. does with a junior mint? It's a tiny little junior mint. Well, maybe you have a tiny little junior mouth and you can only, I don't I know. I do not. You've seen my no, mouth. No, I've seen your mouth. Uh, I have the Cho brand, that's T-C-H-O, Cho brand, almond butter and sea salt filled dark chocolate on nuts with an exclamation point at the end. You should have the ah nuts with the cool yeah or whatever your first reek was. I should have. It would have been too whatever much your, exclamation point all at shit. once. I lost the ability to speak there. Yeah. This is too much new, really. moment. And this is small batch <clears throat> almonds made with our friends. Wow. Your friends, the almonds? I don't know. I'm assuming there's actual human remains in here. Oh, it's got a very fancy package with printing on the outside and the inside. And yet more packaging on the inside, which is a surely a petroleum-based wrapper uh, that is terrible for the environment, despite all the smug packaging on the outside. Do you it's think they're friends with the Almond Brothers? I think you should shut the fuck up. Dwayne Almond? <laughs> this this is eight shades of delicious right here yeah mm-hmm are you gonna whip, you should whip, run out. whip it and take it to the bedroom <laughs> what eight shades of gray or whatever <laughs> 50 shades of delicious no <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> I'm eating mint and I'm drinking chocolate peanut butter. What do you think's wrong with me? <laughs> I think that's I'm all a kinds of fucked up. <laughs> that's not the cause. Ugh. Yeah, this is really, really good. Yeah, I, I'm going to try other chow products. Yeah, because this on oh, nuts. Thing okay, but you've got to ask for it but by name. I'm going to ask when I walk into the nugget next time. Like, uh, excuse me, where's the chow? Isn't that Black Panther's given name? Shut up. <laughs> Oh, that's T'Challa. Sorry. <laughs> not even. I'm not even going there. You shouldn't. 
So multimedia triage, or what have you been digging multimedia on, man? Multimedia triage. Hey, remember a few years back, I think it was a couple years back, the BBC did a uh, Lovecraftian mystery serial? Well, it's back. We thought it was over, but there's a new a new. Is it uh, like season. rice or corn or what kind of cereal? The porridge because it's English. It's yeah, spotted dick, Steve. <laughs> See, you had to make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make it weird. <laughs> You're the one that wants some tea and strumpets. <laughs> if you'll please, yes, BBC Four Haunter of the Dark is uh, came out October 13. It's several episodes long. Each one is like 15 minutes, 20 minutes long. And it is a continuation of the story that you've already been listening to about Kennedy and the Lovecraftian investigations in the state of Suffolk and Innsmouth and Iraq before Matt disappeared at Pleasant Green. So if you haven't listened to the first episodes, the first seasons, you really do have to go back. You'll be lost as shit right if on. you try to listen to this now. Uh, without that so check it out that's what i am digging and the production values top-notch stories fun it's it's cool fantastic uh also uh seasonal as it is i'm reading a book of short stories and uh the book is out there screaming an anthology of new black horror edited by jordan peele cool very cool short stories some of them are a little to I'm writing about one thing, but I'm really writing about another thing for me. But some of them are just straight up scary. And uh, it's a whole bunch of authors that I'm not familiar with. So anytime I can get clued into a new author with a short story, I'm psyched because that means they have other stuff that I can go out there and find and read. So I'm reading that. Okay. And I would, I'm like halfway through it and I would recommend it. It's it's pretty cool. Right on. Uh, but that's all my reading and listening. Beyond that, it's it's watching. Okay. Uh, my uh, book that I finished this week uh, was by Eugene S. Robinson, who's the front man for a couple of bands, uh, Whipping Boy, which I think is now defunct, and uh, Oxbow and Boonwell, which you may have heard of. They're kind of uh, art noise bands based out of San Francisco. And uh, he uh, released his biography called A Walk Across Dirty Water and Straight On to Murder's Row. It's a... Uh, Kind of a story of his youth, uh, growing up in the New York area and Figure getting into out. bands, uh, visiting, going and seeing seminal punk bands like the Ramones at CBGBs and stuff like that. Uh, he's done a lot of work uh, in the art world, and also he is a fighter of some note. So he's done some Brazilian jiu-jitsu and things of that nature. And so he sort of came up kind of like at the same time as Black Flag. He went to school in Stanford. Uh, formed Whipping Boy, and he talks a lot about his tour experiences, his band experiences, uh, his fighting with depression and thoughts of suicide, uh, while also, you know, using mu the strength of music to kind of pull him through that, as well as sexual escapades and criminal activities that he got bound up with. It's a definite page turner. He's got an interesting turn of phrase. He'll often have a conversational style where he's talking about one thing and then he'll sort of veer off and he'll talk about another historic antidote and then he'll snap back to the story that he was taking. And it's a little jarring the first couple times he does it, but then you get into the flow of it and you get used to it. And uh, it's a good read. It kind of ends right at the end of 
whipping boy when he formed Oxbow. And so I feel like there's at least one more book in him. Uh, I hope he puts that out. Um, good news is if you buy a copy of the book now from Feral House, uh, before the end of the month and you post a picture of yourself holding the book, he'll send you a copy of his first book on audio in a two-CD set, which is called Fight. Everything you always wanted to know about kicking ass but thought you could possibly get your ass kicked. So uh, I haven't listened to that yet, but uh, Eugene is a terribly entertaining author. Uh, he does a weekly column on Substack called Look What You Made Me Do that, as far as I'm concerned, is essential reading. I read it every single week. It's freaking great. comes out on Sundays. And uh, that's sort of how I discovered him. And uh, he's a lot of fun to read. And I'm going to check out Oxbow when they come to town uh, in early November. They're hitting Seattle at Substation. So uh, I'm going to go see... Uh, what he is all about musically. I'm going to make a thing out of it. I think you should. Make a thing. I'm going to. Uh, on TV, we just finished up The Fall of the House of Usher. Have you seen that yet, Gordon? I plan on watching this. Uh, at first, I thought it was about Usher, <laughs> the musician. No, and not at all. I, I saw once at a party. Um, this sounds more entertaining. Yeah, so Mike Flanagan's latest effort, uh, who, of course, did... Uh, Haunting a Hill House, and he also did Midnight Mass, and uh, now he's got Fall of the House of Usher, which kind of pulls together a bunch of different Edgar Allan Poe stories and weaves it into the plot of this eight-episode series. Uh, it also kind of touches on the uh, Sacklers and the opioid epidemic that is currently going on. There's some of that. There's some indictments against uh, big business and how th- careless it is against uh, people and then weaves that into this tale that also harkens back to Edgar Allan Poe's poetry which they really worked hard to get in there so uh, I thought it was really well done Uh, it does get a little derivative in a couple of episodes it starts to feel like he's hitting the same notes in a couple of cases but for the most part really good Uh, also on TV just restarted 30 Coins from Alex D'Iglesia. The first episode is freaking great. We rewatched that entire series uh, in the weeks leading up to the re-release on HBO, and uh, it's so good, dude. You got to check it out. I do not know how you have time to go back and watch a whole other series that you've already watched. I, there's it's just so much good, good stuff. I, that's, I haven't that tell you. to that yet. I mean, I, I watched like the first two episodes, and then I got into other stuff, and I do. I need to go back and Watch oh, that whole first season. There's There are scenes that are so vivid and iconic as you get to the end of that series that you can't forget them. Or at least I haven't. Like, fuck. It's so good. And the acting is good. Especially his imagery is just twisted and weird in a way that you don't really see from a lot of other artists. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, you know, you and I both watched a movie, Totally Killer. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I, I liked felt it. The, the jokes about high school in the 80s, it, it, I don't know, maybe because I'd just seen something that did it a lot better, the whole the whole high school world. You really thought it was a lot funnier than I did, but I would still say go see it. It was amusing. I was amused. Yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. I would the whole definitely time. recommend it. I don't know if I'd see it again. And the Gravitron ride at the fair doesn't work quite does like that. does not work like that, people. No. It, it kind of it lifts you off the ground 
and that didn't happen, that's like a key yeah, thing in this. Yeah, there's a very important scene They in have this to with use the gravitron. the gravitron to travel. Basically, just to give it a gist real quick. Go it's ahead. It's like a time travel slasher. Yeah, it is a time travel slasher. So, yeah, so the this girl, she's being haunted by the past. She goes back to the 80s. So you've got like the fun 80s soundtrack and that sort of thing and costumes and all that stuff as she tries to solve the mystery of this slasher killer in modern times. And uh, a lot of 80s stuff that we were aware of, like the Gravitron, is key in this uh, film. I think that filmmakers out there, if you're going to make a movie with a Gravitron in it, you should hire Steve or me, or (laughs) us both, as Gravitron consultants, because we will make sure you don't fuck up the scenes of the Gravitron like this movie did. It's still an acceptable movie, but just a, a just a completely careless disregard for the way the gravitron functions as a ferrite. Also, we can contribute um, if you decide to put the zipper in. I was just going to say, I feel like this is like Monty Python. Well, well, now we'll go in with an enormous badger. Like now we're going to say, well, well, we'll give you advice on the zipper now because we missed you missed your chance to talk to Stephen Gorn on the gravitrons. So. Yeah, uh, the the hammerheads, whatever name you want to call them, <laughs> we'll we'll consult on those. There's there's a few. What the turbo, the one that the looks turbo. like kind of hamburgers. Yeah. yeah, a lot of completely unsafe rides <laughs> held together by rusted bolts assembled by carnies that were in between meth binges if they weren't on them, with absolutely no regard. For the town that they're visiting for the next three days, or the people they're in, hey, they're not going to see these people again. Yeah, they're they're moving on. They got a they got a gig in you know Colfax next week. They're out of here. <laughs> right. We'll help you out. Yeah. Okay. So what else? Um, bodies on Netflix. You watch that yet? Are you watching? That? I have not. Oh, bo- wait. Bodies, bodies, bodies. No, singular bodies. <laughs> One body. Let Steve. the bodies hit the floor. No, no floor. Just bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've got nothing on this one. Okay, this I, is I a four-episode time travel mystery, and the setup is there a naked body missing one eye is found in this alley in London, and then and that happens like in three different time periods. So a cop finds a naked body missing an eye. That same body in the 1940s, 1941, it's found in an alley by a cop. The body's missing an eye. It's found present day in that alley. And so it's this weird, how is the same body in all these same places at the same time? It's missing an eye, but there's no sign. There's like no bullets inside it, but it's clearly been shot. What is going on? So it takes place in the present is it the day. the same eye? Yes. Same exact mm-hmm. body, same exact injury, it is the same body. What is going on? It's really cool. I'm two. It's two episodes deep in this four episode series, uh, and you should check it out. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch the the remaining two episodes and make sure it all comes together. But it's based on a graphic novel okay. called Bodies, Bodies. But no, it's based on a graphic <laughs> novel. I think just called Bodies. Okay, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. I just hope it's four episodes of, of a setup for a, I'll keep an eye out for you joke. <laughs> <laughs> would you be super pissed? Like, god damn it! I would be so mad and so thrilled at the same time. <laughs> and then in a theater, I guess the only movie playing right now that I want to see was Creator, okay. a big epic sci-fi yeah, movie. Sure. 
Yeah, it was cool. Is it it, great? Had, it was cool. See it on the biggest screen you can. Okay. The story, cool. The, the, the way it looks and sounds, very cool. Yeah, I'm worried it's going to be gone by the time I, I get out to see it. I want to see that Flowers of the Killer Moon or whatever. Oh, and, I have uh, no desire to see that movie. It's Scorsese, dude. You know it's going to be fucking great cinema. Yeah, here, yes, it will. It is probably a great movie. Here's the reason I don't want to see this movie, Steve. Because you have a small bladder? I have a tiny bladder. It's three and a half hours long. Uh, well, no, my, my bladder is not that long. No, the reason is, years ago, my mother told me, oh, you have to read this book, oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. So you read the book? No. I didn't because she kept on it. You, oh, you really got to read this book. Oh, such. And a, you're you like, you can't book. tell me what to do, mom. There's a little bit of that, but mostly it's because I know my mom. And if she likes a book that much, it's because it is goddamn heartbreaking. <laughs> it will wreck you. You will finish reading it. You will cry until you can cry no more. And then you'll think, maybe I have no reason to live. So oh, Jesus. that's my mom's idea of a really good book. And then when I found out they're making it into a movie, I'm like, oh, super. Hide all the sharp objects. I am not <laughs> getting anywhere near this movie. It's probably fantastic. Yeah, okay. Well, no, uh, I saw I'll Creator. review it here. In, Sci-fi. In future you, bone bad, but. Yeah, no. You know what else you should see? You should just see it's on Amazon Prime right now. You can just stream it. It's completely entertaining. Polite society. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, good. You saw it? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I liked it. I think I reviewed it on a previous episode, but it was like in theaters for 17 days total, and then it was gone. And Yeah, check it yeah, out. Yeah, no, absolutely fun. Not very Halloween-y at all. I mean, I guess there's attempted murder, but uh, lots of lots of fighting, lots of comedy, comedy action. A couple action things comedy. that are Halloween-y. Uh, but uh, have you seen Slother House on Hulu yet? No. Are you mispronouncing something? I'm really, really not. So okay. the, it is about a sorority house that uh, gets a sloth as the house pet, and it goes on a killing spree. And a very slow killing spree. Yeah. I imagine. And I mean the sloth can like drive a car and all sloths can with drive its cars. claw with its claws it's somehow able to post on social media. It's fucking ridiculous and it was not very good. I mean if you <laughs> Why are you telling us about you, this then? Cuz I'm telling you not to you don't have to spend time seeing it. The the trailer oh, okay. looks like it's fun. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, your your time could be better spent on any number of other better horror comedies. Like Totally Killer is a perfect example of something that I would see twice before seeing Slaughterhouse. Uh, and then last night I watched uh, something I had had sitting on the shelf a while ago. I had backed it in crowdfunding. It's called uh, In Search of Darkness from David Wiener. It's a basically a documentary about uh, 80s horror. And it's very well done, but it's sort of derivative. It's one of those things where they talk about, like, basically all the key horror movies that came out in a given year, and they interview uh, a bunch of horror celebrities that they probably met at conventions. And it's fun and it's compelling, but it's also exactly like Eli Ross' History of Horror, which he did, like, two years ago. So okay. I don't know if these happened at the same time, and it's a great thing if you're a horror fan and you want to have this running in the background or something. But, you know, 
at some point after like two and a half hours of watching it, and I'm not even through the 80s yet, I'm starting to think that, you know what, I'd be better off actually watching some of these horror movies than watching this doc. <laughs> so, it's good, it's well done, and the interviews with the celebrities, people like uh, Tom Holland and Greg Nicotero and... Uh, uh, James Janice from Dead Meat does a lot in it, and it, so it's a fun. All the people that they're talking to are delightful. Barbara Crampton's in it, and Elvira's in it, but by the same token, you've kind of seen this type of thing before, so it just depends on, you know, the mood you're in, I think. It's very well done, but it's also derivative, so there you go. All right. I, I think will that's probably all I've also got. not watch that. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely aren't as horror head as I am to sit through something like that. But like I said, well done. All right. Hey, let's listen to a tune. That's all I've got. All right. Another tune, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, this is from Slasher Dave and Age Old Tradition, Bellyache Records 2023. This is called Fuck Around and Find Out. Oh. This is Slasher Dave. I want to say happy Halloween to everyone and thanks for listening. You are listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Fuck Around and Find Out from Slasher Dave's brand new release, Age Old Tradition. Bellyache Records 2023. I hope you dig it. You can find that stuff at slasherdave.bandcamp.com. Well, Bandcamp is still a thing, I suppose. I suppose. So, uh, round four? Round four. Steve, I'm um, going to drink something that drinks I, and Drinks carnage? and carnage? Just we call, call it beer and... We're calling it beer and candy, and then we're doing the disclaimer that I don't drink, but yeah, I play anyway. But it's, it feels like, always feels like you're kind of virtue signaling. Oh, well, you Fuck, drink. Oh, yeah. You drink, but I don't drink, because no, I don't... I, I don't you know, drink. I don't know why anybody would soil simple. their body with that. It's it makes bad for the baby Jesus cry <laughs> every time that you have a cocktail, Steve. If you have a mai tai, it's going to make you go to hell. <laughs> Where all your friends are. Oh why would God. you want to do that? Where they have a special place for you to hell, Steve? 
It's a throne. Okay, so this is the this is the candy. I went to the shelf with the candy that has like red lines in pen marked on it. It's the discount candy. Nice. Cadbury double decker. <laughs> double up. Mm, mm. <laughs> right. Okay, already. First of I all, don't even that's know what's Easter in it. Candy. This is Halloween. Yeah. Uh, when you open it up, the nougat is stuck to the wrapper. So I don't. I know why this was discounted. Is it a? Is it an egg? Is it a Cadbury egg? It is not. It is. Oh, okay. I, I was think hoping it's an alien like would a come bad out. British Three Musketeers. Is what we're looking at here. <laughs> because you can't have a musket in Britain. So. <laughs> that's funny. Look at you all going historical. Woo. Yeah, the, the nougat has oozed out of the... This is horrific. It's oogit. <laughs> I'd share my chow, but, you know, you're way over there and I'm way over here. It's another chow. No, no. A no, second I'm, one? No, this is chow chocolatier. Chow chocolatier? And this is a firecracker popping candy bar crafted with joy. It's sea salt, a dash of chipotle... And popping candy crackle in dark chocolate. Jesus Christ, don't blow your head off on the show. It sounds like several bad ideas all rolled together into a chocolate bar. And it's in a childproof packaging. Jesus Christ. Okay, I got I got past the packaging. Right. I, I think there's Pop Rocks in this. That, because that's what I want in my Chipotle chocolate. <laughs> Should we do a like a an ASM thing? Like, ASMR. I, yeah, I could whisper. Eat your chocolate. I could whisper, and you could listen to my pop rock. So, pop. so what I'm drinking is uh, Nightmare Brewing. These guys do the most fucked up beer labels I've seen in ages. I saw one beer that actually had a picture of somebody getting fucking blood eagled on the label. I don't want that in my beer. So this is Agam Quan Imperial Stout, brewed with masala chai, spices, jaggery tea. And aged on India vanilla and masala chai spices. What and is chai actually? It's a spiced tea, right, with milk. Uh, right. The, the cover of it is a bunch of people getting decapitated and their heads being thrown in a pit. It's and absolutely that, that sells beer. Reason. I did in this case. <laughs> okay, yeah, good point. So this is a very dark beer. This is again a stout, following up the. Uh, Milk peanut butter chocolate stout I just had. And I'm drinking... Very fragrant. It smells it like... Is what? Fragrant? Very, very fragrant. Fragrant. It smells like a cost plus imports. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. You know how you walk in and... Oh, bamboo yeah. chairs. Bamboo and candles. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking something. I don't know. Maybe I had one on the show. I've been looking at this drink for a while. Fizzy and gutsy problematic soda. Oh, probiotic soda. Problematic that's, soda. that's totally different. It's the most racist soda. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's an older flavor. It's still good, but it occasionally says racist things. Um, and it is called culture, culture pop soda. Ginger, lemon, and turmeric. Wrong. You're doing turmeric and I'm doing chai. That's interesting. All right. Oh, it goes with the Pop Rocks. In much the way cod goes with Pop Rocks. It's for <laughs> halibut, perhaps. What in the world is going on here? So the double-decker candy, this is actually pretty good, but it's a fucking mess. 
It's a little bit crispy. It's got some crispy rice in it, chocolate, and then the nougat is a chewier version, almost like a Zagnut type of a thing, but not quite that hard. Wow. I don't know if it's a mixture of the flavors between the 75 different flavors that are in this chocolate with the Pop Rocks <laughs> and then the thing that I'm drinking, but there is a there is a decided fish flavor going on in the back of my mouth, and I'm not enjoying it at all. My taste and buds I, are so violated by this point of the show. <laughs> I don't know if I'm coming or going. Flavors at you. Yeah, I don't even fucking know. I've had it's asphalt. It's peach. <laughs> peach. <laughs> asphalt and peach. Where did you pull peach? Out of <laughs> well, the, out of the uh, psychic. Tune in next year. We're the psychic sieve. Yeah. yeah, that'll probably be a flavor next year. I am oh, kind of digging the Pop Rocks. I think let's let's just have a moment of of silent appreciation for the Pop Rocks. ASMR pop chop. Pop Rock moment. Here you go. Oh. <laughs> that's really gross sounding. Yeah, that's not good. So I think this beer would be good if I didn't have a mouthful of nougat. A lot of things would be better if you didn't have a mouthful of nougat. I think I'm, I'm starting to question the whole concept of this show. <laughs> now? <laughs> 20 years in, however many years we've been doing the beer and candy shows. 2013, was that the first one? So 10 years. Okay. We've been wow, doing a decade of this, t-shirts. This, this nonsense. We should have had right. Dolcetta Artisan Sweets like craft us up some no, special 10-year edition. She's too high end. Yeah, I know. For this particular show. Okay. I don't even know why she talks to us, frankly. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, it's the perfect chocolate for our film festival, though. No, oh, yeah, those no. are high-end folks. You and she's doing. Them. Have you seen her stuff she's doing right now? Their eyeballs and ghosts and things are awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, she is amazing chocolatier. That's probably why she doesn't want to be in the beer and chocolate ten-year yes. episode. And it's too late. It's over. That was it. That, we're we're done with this. We are pretty much done. I'm doing a a, a one last bite. Of Creep It Real. These are the little orange jelly pumpkins with the green, little green stems. Oh, I like those. Like the typical Brock's candy. Like this was in the bin at Safeway when you were a little kid. That's a, a good we way to We couldn't afford that bin. We had to drink, eat out of the bin in the back. It was a dumpster. <laughs> hey, I forgot to say. What? So we did that show at Southgate Roller Rink, Social Media. We played the concert. Yeah, it was fucking fun. We had such a good time. Did you screw up your solo? I didn't hit every note, but it was pretty good. I was happy with it. We had a lot of fun. People cheered after every song we finished. And uh, we got off the stage fast so that the main people could come out and play. That was totally cool. I turned out the band after us to Hissant. That was their last show. And uh, they ended with Ace of Spades, and I got to jump up there with the singer of the headliner, Versiple, and we yelled some Lemmy into the microphone along with the band. Super fun. That is a great time. Did you time. get to, or did you just do and no one stopped? We did the thing. The bass player walked away from the mic, and you know, shit happened. Okay, but, yeah. you know, my wife and daughter were there skating around while we played. A lot of friends showed up. Uh, it was totally cool. What a great experience. So that all worked out great. I don't know what I was pissed off about last episode. My fingers are fine, and uh, yeah, that was a good time. Well, don't get a cortisone shot in him, and if you do, don't punch anybody. I'll try not to. 
I'm right. still, there's like there's these random holdout pop rocks that keep erupting every once in a while in the back of my mouth. <laughs> it's like unexploded bombs. Yeah, yeah. It's just I need to send in like the UXB team to my molars. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it, man. That's all we've got. Okay, let's let's uh, bring this you. thing home. I'd like to thank Slasher Dave for joining us on the show. Once again, you can find his work at slasherdave.bandcamp.com or uh, look out for Acid Witch on the internet at uh, Hell's Headbangers Records. They are playing. Acid Witch is doing a Halloween blowout on uh, Saturday, October 28th in Detroit. So if you happen to be in the environs, you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not go check out one of the creepiest, mightiest doom metal bands around fucking Acid Witch. So good. Go check them out. And thank you to Mark for buying my artwork and buying me a drink this evening as a result. Mark, you're awesome. Thank you for supporting my art habit. And listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you see a comic that I've drawn that you like, you want a print of it, hit me up. I sell prints. You want a a hand-drawn piece of art by me, ink on paper? I sell that stuff too. MightyWombat.com is my website and you can get a hold of me there or, you know, through the Facebook stuff. Reach out. Our usual bullshit, show number is 425-296-6557, or you can reach the show via email to steve at bonehand.com. We have uh, new content on bonehand.com. Every once in a while, it's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. And you can find my stuff such as it is at mightywombat.com. I'm also over there on the Facebook and on the Instagram and still not on Twitter, a.k.a. X, a.k.a. whatever the shit it is next week. Why bother now? I mean, shit. I mean, yeah. I, w- I was out of there before it was even... I, <laughs> I, I was not into it before it was cool to not be into it. So right. yeah. no shit. now I'm virtue signaling. That's virtue signaling. <laughs> We've also got a Facebook group, which is a great place to find out about albums from bands we featured on the show good deals on video games sweet shorts that don't fit our festival but we think are good enough for you to watch all kinds of cool shit jokes so you should probably be following the bone bat page on facebook Uh, additionally thank you very much for listening if you like what we do please spread the word and tell a friend one last tune tonight gord from slasher dave's age-old tradition Actually, we're going to do something a little different. This is a Halloween single that Dave put out called Calling All Ghouls featuring Thea Monster. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. <laughs> Moo. Is it haunted cow? No, it's not vodka. No, it's- See? Es vaca. No vaca. Tu eres un cerdo. Oh, no eres cerdo me. Cerdo. Oh, that's different. That's a pig. Anyway.
Show ya!